0: In the parish we have the laws of four different shamrim, four different guardians that are assigned to safe keep the property of another person. So they signed on with an agreement with the owner that they will keep the property safe. So there's varying degrees of liability that they take on depending on the situation. If, let's say, the first two shamrim, involve a gratuitous shamer who doesn't get paid. And we assume, since the particulars weren't discussed in the contract, that since, based on the fact that he wasn't paid, that the degree of liability that this person assumed during the agreement was at a minimal level. He's not paid for it, he does it gratuitously. So he's willing to, that means he's accepting responsibility on a basic level. That means he will not be negligence, negligent with the property. He'll make sure to apply basic security like he applies to his house. he closed the door and locked the door and prevent thieves from coming in <clears throat> and that's it. But what if the lock was broken in anyways and a thief came and, and, and stole the object? He wouldn't have to pay for it because he wasn't negligent. He did the basic minimum expected uh, level of security that uh, applied the basic level of security that, that uh, uh, He's expected to apply. Anything beyond that, if something happened beyond that, he's not liable. But if he's being paid, we assume that the fact that he's being paid, he assumed a higher level of liability. And that even not only will he reimburse the owner if the property is lost due to negligence, but even if there was no negligence, he applied to basic security. But a thief can still break into the house which is not usual, not common, but it could still happen, and he stole the object. Even in that case, he will pay back. Anything short of an act of God, or a, a situation where he could not have prevented it, even if he tried, even if he wanted, he could have done anything to avoid the loss of the property. Anything short of that, the paid custodian has to reimburse, has to make good on the loss and and uh, recover the loss, and pay back the owner. This, this is the law in the Torah. There's two other shamrim, a renter and a borrower, but that's an, another category, right? Another category of it. The, the, the renter and the borrower, they're interested for themselves in the property. They want to use it. Uh, one guy is willing to pay for it. He's renting it. Another guy is getting it for free. He wants to use it and doesn't pay for it. Then. But the first two categories of guardians involve two individuals that are willing to serve the interest of an owner. They want to keep it safe for him, not use it for themselves. Their whole intent and their whole purpose and objective is to make sure that the property is safe. Just one is being paid for the service and one is not being paid for the service. Now Rabbi Eger, one of the great Goenim of his time, as reported by his student, asked the following question. When I shame is Saha, a paid custodian, we say he's liable even for loss and theft that are not due to negligence. The question is, he's paid. What do we pay him for? The payment that we pay a paid custodian, is he paid because he, we expect him to? apply extra security more than the unpaid baili and for the extra work of ensuring that the property is extra safe we pay him something so he's paid for the extra work he's going to invest in this in this in this job or is it that we're paying him not for the work we're paying him for accepting a higher level of liability there's a certain security that the owner gets from knowing that even if the property will be lost due to other causes, other than just negligence, anything just barring the fact that it's not an act of God, if it's lost, this custodian is willing to reimburse the owner. It's for that higher level of liability and the security given to the owner that he'll be reimbursed. That's what I'm paying for. It's like an insurance company. You don't pay insurance company money because you're going to keep safe, keep my property. We pay an insurance company because if the property is lost, the insurance will replace the property and pay for it. Same thing, the, the, the custodian is being paid because he's taking on a higher level of security. What would be the difference what he's paid for? What he's paid for the extra work or he's paid for the higher level of security and liability that he's taking on? The difference would be what if he's a shame He's paid to keep something safe and he decides not to do anything he leaves the object totally uh, in a negligent way and leaves the door wide open walks away for a day or two anyone can walk in and steal it clear negligence and luckily nothing happened when the owner comes back to claim his property the property is right there in mint condition the question is, of course, the shomer doesn't have to pay anything, but the object is not lost; it's right there. He can hand it over back to the owner. The question is, does the owner have to pay the shomer? He promised them a fee to pay him for for being for keeping safe the, pro- the property. If the money <clears throat> that the owner agreed to pay the shomer is for his work, he hasn't done any work on the count; he's neglected completely his responsibility of keeping it safe. But if the money is owed to him because he agreed to be liable, even in the most ex- more extreme case of loss, then the shomer says, "Hey, what difference does it make to you whether I watched it or not?" The bottom line: I was willing to pay. If it got lost, I would have paid for it. So you 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 paid me for that security that I gave you that I'll be liable even if it's lost or found, even if it's lost or stolen. So what is it? Now, Rabbi doesn't seem to have answered the question, but in the it says that you, he wouldn't have to pay him. It seems like he understands that the payment of Hashem Esachar is not for the higher security and liability, but for the extra work that Hashem Esachar promises that he will apply to make sure that it's kept safe. Obviously, according to both sides of the understanding of this halacha, the shomer does accept respons- does accept upon himself to be responsible to watch to keep it safe. The question is whether the money is giving for that part or is it giving for the assurance that the owner has that he'll be reimbursed, even in a more extreme case more extreme than the unpaid baili. Now, the Rebbe brings in a sikh from the shloh. The shlo says that the four shamrim are really representative of the four different levels of people who serve Hashem. We all are guardians in this world. We are to protect the world and make the world a better place even. So now there are different categories. So the first two shamrim are types of individuals who are here to serve, just like the two shamrim whether he's paid or unpaid, but their main motive, the main objective here is they, they're here to serve, to, to, to keep safe somebody's property. That's what a shomri means. Shomri is someone who keeps safe somebody's property. Yes, one of them is not interested in being paid for it. He doesn't get to it as The other one wants something in return. He wants something in return, but for what? For a service where he is going to provide to the owner a, a service of safekeeping his property. The other two shamri, which is the renter, and the borrower, their main objective is to rent and to borrow it. They want to use the property. They want to benefit from it. But one of them is willing to pay in return something for it. Another one is not willing to pay anything. He just wants all the benefit for himself. The first two, on the other hand, are both representative, according to the shalom, of a, a Jew who is trying to serve Hashem. Do Hashem's will, is dedicated, as it says in this week's parasha. He said, one does it without expecting anything for himself. No spiritual returns, no physical returns. He simply is eager to fulfill Hashem's will. He wants Hashem to be happy. The other guy wants something in return. It could be something physical or spiritual. Here, we have something in Tanya. Says in Tanya, there is sometimes a person who serves Hashem and does everything right. But he has no struggle. There's no struggle in his observance. He's a person who's a cold fish. He doesn't have any temptations. He's not turned on by the physical temptations of the world. And also, he's brought up to be very diligent and very focused on doing the mitzvahs and it's easy for him. There's no struggle for him. So although he does all the mitzvahs and stays away from all the sins in the Torah, he's a perfect person. But he's not called a servant of Hashem. He's not serving Hashem. Serving Hashem means that you have to struggle. You're up against a certain uh, resistance, right? And, and, and you overcome that. That's called Aveda. Aved Hashem. So, <coughs> Could be that this is the shaila of Rabbi Kiveh The Shremer Socher is a shamer. He's here to be Shremer, to serve the owner. But the question is whether he deserves to be paid if he didn't work at all. That means he was a shamer. He was serving Hashem. He was doing all the mitzvahs the way Hashem wanted it. But there was no work there. He didn't have any resistance in his life any tension, any struggle. So here the question is, does he deserve a reward? Does he deserve to be paid? In other words, is he really an Eved Hashem? Is he really a servant of Hashem? And Rabbi Kveger says, that's a question. According to the Shalom, it could be, and in this way the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya, he's not really an Eved Hashem, although he's doing all the mitzvahs right.